This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast for episode 52. Still can't believe we've done 50 of these things, man. 52 at that. Welcome back to a brand new episode. We are live on YouTube today talking the latest in Bucks news and taking your questions, thoughts, and whatever you got to say about this football team. So it's been a very slow season for the Bucks right now. It is the offseason coming up on the draft. Things get slow. Not going to lie to you. News has been slow. A lot of the rumors coming in have, have been wacky. They've been everything Bucks fans wanted to hear. But it, regardless of all of that, it's still a slow time for Bucks news. But we're going to talk about all of that today. Welcome back to the show. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. Now, Evan, before we started the show, you told me there was something on your mind. And um, you wanted me to lead in with that. And so here we are. It has to do with basically what uh, what Rappaport said regarding defensive lineman Quinnen Williams in the NFL draft. And uh, what's on your mind, buddy? Tell me about it. Well, I mean, a lot of people are saying that... Ian Rapport has basically just came out and said that Quinn Williams is going to be a top two pick, which either means he's going to go to, barring a trade, he's going to go to the Arizona Cardinals at one or the San Francisco 49ers at two. And I'm going to say that he never said that, okay? he What he said was that he would expect him to be a top two pick and that teams have him Number one, a lot of teams have him number one on their board. And he also said that if there weren't needs of other teams, that he would be the, he might be the best player in the draft. Well, other teams do have needs, and you prioritize needs in the draft. So everybody is basically saying, oh, well, okay, Quinn Williams is, uh, is either going one or two. No. If Quinn Williams is going one or two, then what? That means that, that the – uh, Cardinals have soured on Kyler Murray or Nick Bosa a- after you've heard all of that or this whole offseason that's either Murray or Bosa and leaning towards Murray? No. And then the 49ers, they have so many interior defensive linemen, it wouldn't make sense. Like, like I understand they traded for, for D Ford, but they, they need Bosa. <laughs> they, they need an edge rusher more. So, uh, I guess he's basically saying, Jets fans, cheer up, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, because, I mean, yeah, or, or Raiders fans. I just don't know. Like, in the, in the coming weeks, like, there was a time I had done a mock draft. I do a bunch of mock drafts. I only, I only release one, okay, which will be probably sometime next weekend. I, I don't know if I'm going to release it on the page or what, but I'll release it somewhere. And in one mock draft, probably maybe a month ago, 
I had Quinn Williams going to the Bucks in five, and it was because I believe the New York Jets would trade down. However, I'm starting to hear that Quinn Williams going five to the Buccaneers is going very unlikely. Uh, just because, not because the Buccaneers wouldn't take him, because they would. It's just that the teams in front, specifically the New York Jets and Oakland Raiders, would would take him. Um, well, I mean, I, he, here's something as well. Could we compare this to, you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago a report came out that basically said uh, it, it's all but confirmed that the Cardinals are going to take Kyler Murray at number one. Now, you know, a, a situation that somebody had brought up, um, what if the Cardinals don't take Murray at one? Um, I mean, not only what does that do for the Bucks at five, but c- can you just – it seems like it's that time of year where you see smoke screens everywhere. Yeah. People just kind of well, saying things to say things, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I can't imagine a reputable source like Rap Sheet would just throw something out like that, but can but that be compared to uh, another take from, you know, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, but that's not – that's not what what Rappaport said, though. It's not like he reported that Quint, like per source. No, Quint, I, I get that. Going to go number two or one or two in a draft. It's just he said he would expect Quinn Williams to go number one or two in a draft, and that's just because he's basing it off of how teams think of this guy. He's a beast. He's an animal, right? And yes, I mean it's smokescreen time. You're going to hear some stuff probably until up until draft day, up until eight o'clock, eight p.m. on April twenty fifth. That, that's when all the stuff's going to stop. You're going to hear some wild stuff. Um, and even then, during the draft, you might hear teams maybe trying to trade up, try, trying to trade down. Um, you know, you, you, you might hear something in the next couple of days, oh, the Cardinals might be open to, to trading down if somebody, you know, something like that. Um, like, oh, maybe they're not so high on Murray, just to, to, try and, to try and get leverage and get value. You've got to look at all options. So. Right. The one mock, I did have Quinn Williams to the Bucks. However, I've just been told that, that Quinn Williams is not likely to make it to five, and the Bucks aren't expecting that either. Now, the Bucks didn't expect O.J. Howard to be there at 19 either. They, they were shocked. And the only reason O.J. Howard was there was because there was a run on quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky went number two. Patrick Mahomes went 10. I believe Deshaun Watson went 12, and that allowed O.J. Howard to just keep falling because teams weren't expecting three quarterbacks to go in the top 15. So that allowed that. The Bucs didn't expect that. So obviously, just because the Bucs don't expect something to happen doesn't mean that it it won't. Um, So we'll see what happens. Um, I I do believe that the Jets are probably still looking for an edge rusher, which would lead me to believe that they're likely to take Josh Allen and would lead the Raiders with, with Quinn Williams. Um, but I, I think that the big wild card is the Jets because I do think the Raiders would take Josh Allen over Quinn Williams, and uh, I do believe that um, that would lead Quinn Williams to the Bucks at five. If, if the Jets trade down, which unfortunately we probably won't know until they're on the clock, draft night. Right. Uh, if they trade down. And Quinn Williams and Josh Allen are there for the Raiders. I think they would probably, while I believe Quinn Williams is the better player, based on need, I think they would probably take the edge rusher, Josh Allen, and then Quinn Williams would be a buck. However, I just don't think the QB market just isn't there as and it has been in the years past uh, right. for to to trade up to number three. So 
that'll lead the Jets to pick between Quinn Williams or Josh Allen, then the Raiders get the other one. So, um, like you said, if Bosa, let's say Bosa goes one, I think the Bucks probably end up the same. Probably end up with Devin White. Um, the only way they wouldn't, in which case, I honestly don't know what they would do. Um, is probably if, let's say, Bosa would go one, two is Williams, three is Allen, and let's say the Raiders are sitting there at four and they draft Devin White. Right. Then you could sit there and say, well, maybe the Bucks will take that Oliver. Uh, maybe a team, a team might be more willing to trade up for Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins at five rather than trade up for him at one, right? So that might be an option. So I think it would either be Ed Oliver or trade down if Devin White and all three of the defensive linemen are off the board. And the Bucks also do have the Bucks have another question mark coming into the draft, and that question mark is Gerald McCoy. Uh, we've talked before on the show about Gerald McCoy kind of being shopped around, not getting a lot of interest. Um, but we've recently seen some updates that the box, uh, the Bucks have been shopping Gerald McCoy very aggressively. Um, aggressively is the term that they used, and I mean, um, I, I think about that, and then you think about something else that came up just recently that mentioned uh, the Bucks are in win now mode, and somebody in the live chat brought it up as well. Um, I think it was J.C. Cornell on Twitter. He had brought up, you know, don't don't count out the Bucks using uh, 2020 or 2021 draft picks to get back into a spot closer to the end of the first round. Um, I mean, how does all of that just kind of fall into place? You know what I mean? With Gerald McCoy, it's I have mixed opinions on it. I don't think his production is worth 13 million dollars a year, and I think the Bucks are still looking for a trade partner to try and work something out, but when do we hear news on that? And, and when it does happen, like, is there any way we can expect what to happen on draft night? I know I'm tossing a bunch of random information at you, but there's just a, a lot going on on this tray of rumors here regarding Gerald McCoy and the draft and things like that. Yeah, well, um, I wouldn't expect anything until draft night. And even, I'm not saying first round, I'm talking just the draft in general. And, uh, I feel like if we were to see Gerald McCoy move too, I wanted to add this. It wouldn't be before the Bucks take a pick at five or find a way to trade back or whatever. Yeah, I I have a feeling that if the earliest you're going to see Gerald McCoy traded, if he's traded at all, is going to be late day two in like the middle to late third round. The Bucks try to get back in there. Maybe they package McCoy a fourth round and like a, a fifth for next year or something. And try to trade back into the third. Um, that's that's one. That's probably the earliest I can see McCoy getting dealt. But JC um, was basically telling me we had a conversation, and he basically told me that um, it was just pure speculation on on his part. It wasn't like he didn't hear that the Bucks were trying to trade up. Right. Uh, it's just he, he had mentioned just you said the win now mode thing, and maybe there's a guy there. Maybe there's a guy. As they like, maybe there's a guy like Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, maybe they like him a lot, and maybe the price isn't as steep as they originally thought, and they can get away with using, you know, a 2022nd, a 2023rd, something like that. Um, it would still take probably, probably a 2019rd. I don't know about 2019second, but um, so maybe, maybe you do like for like the 28th pick or something, do like Gerald McCoy, a 20. 19 third, a 2022nd, a 2024th, or something. 
um, to try and trade back in and, and get your guy. If, if there's a guy that's rated high enough there, I, I think they're definitely going to try it. Um, exactly. Jason Light has tried. Um, I, I, I don't know how many people know this, but he has tried. And even last year, he was trying. Um, there was some rumors that Pewter Report had put out that the, the Bucks were interested in trading into back into the, the first round to select Darius Geis. However, those rumors kind of got maybe a little squashed because the Bucks passed on Darius Geis um, for Ronald Jones when they had the chance to draft him. If you were trying to trade up for the guy, why not just draft him there? Um, but in, in 2017, that was true. They, they tried to trade up for Dalvin Cook in the second round. Like they they like doing that, um, especially on day two. I don't I don't expect to see much day one stuff. The Bucks normally like to keep trade, you know, keep their pick and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, it, it's just it's tough. It's tough to trade back into the first round just because it's so expensive. Right. Um, teams don't want to give up their first round pick without getting a lot back in return. Um, so if the Bucks can somehow convince. A team like maybe like the Patriots, who have a bunch of picks in this year's draft, sitting at 32, and let's say the Bucks have somebody there. I, I'm not really going to put any names. I put a Hollywood Brown, but I think he'd probably be gone by then. Um, if the Bucks have somebody there that they like, and they're like, listen, I don't think he's going to be here with our second-round pick, and they want to offer the Patriots, uh, you know, that Jerome McCoy 2019 third and like a 2020 second or something and just see if they take it or not. I don't know. Um, Jason Light loves his draft picks, so I wouldn't expect him to part ways with too many this year. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's not all Jason Light show now, though, because Bruce Arians has a say in personnel and actually has more of a say in personnel than Dirk Cutter previously did. So Right. Now, taking a look at the draft and uh, going back to that Gerald McCoy situation, if the Bucks do make their first-round selection uh, at number five, you know, would drafting a linebacker over a defensive lineman or landing a pass rusher over a linebacker, vice versa, um, would that kind of show any signs towards what would happen with Gerald McCoy? Because, I mean, one would expect that if you draft a linebacker, you're not going to be in a hurry to replace a guy like Gerald McCoy, but of course that couldn't really mean anything. Um, but do you think that'll depend on like what they do with that first pick? It all depends. Um, I mean, if Quinn Williams is there and they pick him, that's just because Quinn Williams is probably the best player in the draft. And it's a miracle that he fell to five and the Bucks were like, whoa, right? Um, but if they, and especially, and, Obviously, that's what Devin White being on the board, but I think we can all agree that the Bucks, um, well, Quinn Williams is better than Devin White, and the Bucks like Quinn Williams better than Devin White, um, and they love Devin White. So um, it would be more, what would be more telling to me is if, let's say, Devin White is on the board, and they would select Ed Oliver at five instead of Devin White. That would lead me to believe that, oh, yeah, they want Jerome McCoy out, like, and they wanted his replacement. Right. Um, if they would go Devin White in the first round, their second and third round picks are going to be very telling. It's going to be very telling uh, what it is. If it's offensive line, if it's secondary, that might mean that Gerald McCoy might stick around. But if it's if it's defensive line, that's not good news for Gerald McCoy. So it all depends if 
Obviously, at five, if it's a defensive lineman, doesn't bode well. If it's white at five, you got to wait till day two to see what happens. Okay, gotcha. Now, we've got another question in the live chat. This comes from Bucko Bruce, which I believe is our friend Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Germany. Um, the question is, if Greedy Williams should fall to the second round, uh, would the Bucks pick him as a cornerback, or would they draft another safety over him? I mean, they probably would, but they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, they probably would draft him, but they shouldn't. Hand your phone. Even if he know. slips to the second, I, I, he's not good. I, I don't. So I don't he's think... not even second rounder good. Like, because this is a guy talking, that tons of Bucks fans were like, "Ah, oh, he's our pick." Just a couple of months ago. We're talking. I'm not early, saying he's good, but we're, we're talking early second rounder. It's just I don't know, man. He's like a mid second guy for me. I just think there's just uh, DeAndre Baker better. Byron Murphy way better. Although Byron Murphy is definitely he's the first round guy. Byron Murphy right. not good. Um, DeAndre Baker might be a a fringe first round guy. Maybe a second round guy. Um, now, Amon, what do you, what do you not Oria, like about Greedy Williams? What makes him a mid second guy to you? Is it because he's tall? No, 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 not at all. I like the fact that he's tall. Right, tall corners. Seattle thrived on having tall corners in their system. Okay, the the problem with me is is well, for one, his deep ball awareness. Like on the deep ball, he can't track the ball at all. He loses the ball in the air all the time. So if you go and the six-two corner isn't going to be the fastest corner in the world. So if you have somebody like a Deshaun Jackson on the other side, and with his speed, they could really they could really beat up on Greedy Williams in the game and do a lot of things against him that he can't do much about. Um, he he's got to work on his man coverage. Uh, it's just his instincts aren't the greatest. His ball skills are yeah. Um, I, I just don't know. I, I think a lot of people. He had a he had a nice sophomore year, but his junior year was bad. Or I believe he might be a redshirt. Not hundred percent, but he wasn't even the best corner at LSU last year. That was Christian Fulton, and no, and Christian Fulton's like considered like a fifth, sixth round pick. Like like they're basing it off of two things: one, the year before that, which he was pretty good; two, his name. I mean, that's an awesome name, Greedy Williams as a corner. That's, that's <laughs> like, I mean, in the second round, it's not. It wouldn't be hard. I'm not saying it would be horrible value, but I just don't don't think they should. And I I wouldn't. I, I don't know. I mean, you can't really tell because Greedy Williams hasn't taken any visits or workouts from any team. Um, so, so I'm a. So I'm assuming the next. Uh, so I'm assuming the next cornerback over six foot to come out of LSU with the last name interception should be the number one pick in the draft, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people love a tall corner, and I don't know. He's got a swagger to him, but it's just <laughs> on-field play, man. On-field play, and uh, I just—he's my, you know, Amani Ori from Penn State would be better for the Bucks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I got you. I got you. Okay, so we are talking the latest in Bucks news on the stream. Those of you joining us here today, thank you so much. Uh, wanted to give you an update on what's going on with our pewter pirates. Uh, open workouts are underway, which means our guys are officially back in the building. Um, these are voluntary workouts that started, oh God, last week, week before. 
the days are kind of blending together. Um, everybody made a big deal about Gerald McCoy not showing up at first. Um, but basically, the guys are back in the building, working out, getting into shape uh, for this coming training camp. And um, on a side note, I wanted to say I've been looking at some stuff that uh, our quarterback Jameis Winston has posted, not only on his social media, but just videos here and there. Uh, Jameis is looking in fairly good shape. He's looking thin. I mean, he's still thought, a big body built guy, but, but I thought people were making a huge deal about him playing at 250 pounds, when right? He played, but he played at 245 last year. I, I mean, he's just leveling it out. You know, there's those infamous pictures I remember from a couple of years back where his guts all hanging out. Pre draft, pre 2015 draft, they were like the memes and stuff. Were like when your uncle's at the barbecue and grabs the football. Or <laughs> yeah, those are funny. <laughs> I just wanted to come in there and say that. Um, yeah, I mean, he's looking good. I'm excited about his level of play, and uh, hope he's able to step it up this year. I think he will. If he doesn't, it's heads are gonna roll. Yeah, really. So, uh, sorry, go ahead. And I, I try to think of what would happen. What would happen if Jameis Winston fails this year? Jason Light's gone. Would Bruce Arians stay? Like, I, I think it would be up to Bruce. I, I think, think it would be, be. I think it would be up to Bruce, but you know, you look at this. You look at why he came here. It's it, Jameis, but I feel like the ownership. I mean, they gave Bruce a lot of money, and I'm not sure exactly how much it is, but it's a lot. It's not Gruden money, but it's a lot. And I just, I feel like it would be up to him, and I feel like he'd probably have a say in picking a general manager and you would have pretty much almost all the same picking the next quarterback. Um, whether that would be Tua or, or Jake Fromm or Jacob Eason, one of those guys. Um, but, you know, let's talk about that if we have to when it, when it time comes. But it's just, that's something to think about. I, I don't know what, like how loyal Bruce Arians would be because two of the reasons he came to Tampa would be gone. You know, Jason Light and James Winston. Right. Right, I got you. So, um, so for right now, I mean, I've got just about everything I want to talk about. <laughs> I wanted to see what was on your mind, man. See if you had any pressing matters. Because as I said before, it's it's been such a slow time for Bucks news that it's hard to really find content and grab onto it. I've been waiting yeah. on that big pre-draft news that the Bucks are going to start getting aggressive and letting people go and making some moves, but I just. I don't think we're going to see it until draft day or yeah, that week not, of. Yeah, you're not you're, you're not going to see anything until maybe after the draft. Comes, it's like the but. Game of Thrones and and having the dragons come. Like moves are going to be made, they're just not going to be made right now. And then week after week after week after week there's no moves made and you start to wonder if they're even coming at all, but as far as I know they're coming, right? Don't even know what you're talking about with the Game of Thrones stuff. Um <laughs> I'm not a yeah. big Game of Thrones fan either. I just know that the dragons were a joke because they never showed up. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Uh, Jon Snow is the only thing I know from from uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, I'm not too excited for Game of Thrones on Sunday either. I'm not not a big I, fan. So. I don't care. Like, I, like, fantastic. Game of Thrones is back. Great. Text me when The Office comes back. Um, anyways, uh, I don't really have much. Um... <clears throat> I guess, I mean, there's going to be moves, but everybody's really stressing about, oh, my God, they don't have money to sign draft picks. They don't have money to sign draft picks. Look. They're going to make something happen. Well, and, oh, and they have time. 
the draft is is not till April twenty fifth. You draft, and then once you draft, um, then once you draft, you have you have their rights for a long time. It's not like immediately after you draft them, you have to sign them. Right. You know, and a lot of people are making a big deal out of that. Um, Ronald Jones signed his rookie contract June fourteenth. All right, it's it, it just happens. You know, he was drafted on on April twenty seventh and signed it June fourteenth. I don't know what else to to really say. Um, you know, <laughs> they're they're they have time to make money. You don't have to make money before the draft. Right. It's, it's not like the NFL says, oh, you don't have enough money to sign draft picks, so you can't draft. No. You draft your players, and you figure it out. That's, I mean, it's not it's not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. No. Um, but anyways, some news from the show. Um, guys, we're going to have Trevor Sikama on uh, from the Draft Network and Pewter oh, Report. Yeah. We're going to have him on sometime in the upcoming week. Um, to talk uh, Bucks draft and some options for the the second and the third round, uh, and maybe some some late uh, day three options because we pretty much covered the first round. I mean, I can pretty much tell you right now, it's either going to be Josh Allen, Quinn Williams, Devin White, or Ed Oliver. Um, yeah, and I don't, I can't see anybody else. Obviously, if Bosa if he's there, but he's not going to be there. Um, yeah, I I can't see anybody else. So yeah. Uh, it's going to be one of those four, and Devin White is probably over 50%, I would say. Um, I'm not going to say he's like 80%, but he, he's over 50, maybe like 55, 60%. Um, I would say out of those, I haven't heard anything about them liking Josh Allen. But they sent Todd Bowles to his pro day, so I guess that's a good sign. I mean, probably just scoping Todd, it out. Yeah, I mean, Todd, it's not like you just sent a random area scout there. Right, the defensive coordinator. Like, <laughs> um, gotta see what the hype is all about. And, and they sent Todd Bowles to Ed Oliver's pro day as well. Um, here's something: if I include Jason Light, and I'm sitting at five, I want to get your opinion on this too. What would actually? Okay, let me get your opinion first. You're Jason Light. You're sitting at five. Josh Allen, Quinn Williams, and Nick Bosa are gone. You're sitting at five. What would you do if you were Jason Light? Not what you think, but what what would you do? I'm still pretty much sold on Devin White. Um, I still like him as the guy at number five. Uh, I think for him to be a possible pick, it would help us out. Um, it kind of cleans things up for uh, for the Gerald McCoy situation. You bring in Devin White, you bring in a linebacker presence. You don't need to focus on bringing in another young guy on that pass rush. I'm sure it would be nice. Having a younger pass rush is awesome, especially when you get guys who can develop. Uh, unfortunately, Vita Vea couldn't do that first half of the season because he just didn't play for a good amount of time. But if you have guys who can go in there and develop and make a difference now, then that's awesome. But if you've got Gerald McCoy, who at the same time is – paying him $13 million a year? I actually don't know. I haven't thought about this. <laughs> uh, but I do like Devin White. I think I would do what I can to get Devin White and fit him into that system. 
at least at five. You know what I mean? I, I don't think you can trade back and have him be there for much longer. Yeah, the range for Devin White is probably five to ten. It once you, especially once you get past ten, it starts to become hard. Yeah, because from five, where are the Bucks going to trade back? I can't imagine it'd be anywhere before pick number ten, unless it's pick number ten. Ten would be the furthest, unless unless Jacksonville wants to draft like Haskins to be Nick Foles' uh, successor, and Jacksonville thinks the Giants are going to take him at six, and Jacksonville moves up, you know, and the Bucks get like a fourth round pick or something. Yeah, uh, that's the only way I could see it, but. Yeah, 10 is probably the farthest the Bucks could trade down because even the Broncos could pick him at 10. Uh, the Bengals would definitely pick him at 11. Um, yeah, the Lions could pick him. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's a bunch of teams. Um, so what I would do, if I and I, I've gone back and forth on this, and I, I finally made a decision. This is not what I think they will do. This is not what um, this is sort of what I'm I'm advocating for them to do. Um, even though, like, I don't really care what they do because it doesn't impact me one way or another. I mean, <laughs> they're going to get a good football player at five. Um, but um, if I was the general manager and all three of them guys were gone, I would take Ed Oliver, um, just because I think. Um, Jerome McCoy's time with the Bucks is coming to an end no matter what, whether Devin White's here or, or not. And I just think Ed Oliver's going to be a beast in this league. And I think it's almost going to be like a like a Darwin James situation almost. Like like you're going to be saying, not just the Bucks, but you're going to be saying – Anybody like, who misses out on a player like how, him. But yeah, like, like you might be saying by midseason, how did, how did 10 other teams pass on this guy or something like that, you know. Um Everybody likes to point out that the Bucks passing on Derwin James, and it's just because the Bucks were the most interested in Derwin James at seventh overall. That's why. But people forget Derwin James was seventeenth, right? There were sixteen other teams, fifteen other teams other than the Bucks that said nope, right? So, I mean, I mean Derwin James wasn't even the first safety drafted. It was Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, so. Right. Um, definitely, definitely think that you could see a, a Darwin James type situation though. If Ed Oliver ends up maybe in Buffalo at nine, you can be like, "Oh my God!" Like, how did teams like like the the Raiders and, and the Bucks and the, the Jets and uh, the Giants how they pass on on Ed Oliver and stuff like that? So, I just think he's a special talent. There was a reason that he was in the number one overall pick conversation when college football season first started. It was him and Bosa the one and two race. Uh, Quinn Williams just started to play outstanding and started to get better and better and started to impress. And um, Ed Oliver is, is very impressive. And it's it's rare to have an athlete like him with the strength he does. And uh, I, I seriously think that, that he this kid's going to be a star. Um, I think Devin Wade is going to be a good player. But I I hesitate every time somebody tells me Devin Wade's going to be a star. Like I, I think... I think Ed Oliver is, is that star-type player. Uh, I think Devin White is a good player, but I just think Ed Oliver, if you're talking star potential, Ed Oliver has a bit more star potential than, than Devin White. So that's why he's my pick at five. Well, I think another thing, too, um, kind of piggybacking off of that, you look at Ed Oliver, he's a guy you think a lot of teams are going are, are gonna to miss out on. Uh, can we both agree that 
that uh, the Bosa is kind of overrated. Oh, uh, the silence was actually scaring me. I thought I offended you. <laughs> I thought you were gonna come back and say, "Listen here, bud." Um, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know overrated because I think people are starting to realize how good Quinn Williams is, and I think I think they're starting to like. I had Bosa when I first started the draft process. I had Bosa as number one. Now I have Williams as number one. So I think a lot of people are starting to realize just how good Quinn Williams is. So they're like Nick Bosa isn't being talked about a whole lot, right? And he's he's a heck of a player. I mean, don't think. I mean, I think. A lot of the overrated comments are, are because it hurt him because he didn't play much his last season. Um, and Quinn Williams obviously played every game, played in the national championship. He dominated. Um, that helped, but it's still good. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't call him overrated. Um, okay. I think maybe a little bit before he was overrated, but I think now that people are starting to realize <laughs> that he's not the best player in the draft, he's like number two or maybe number three. I wouldn't put him ahead of Josh Allen. But because Josh Allen to me is a like a pass rusher, but needs to work on his on his run uh, defending game. I think uh, Bosa's got a more well-rounded <laughs> game. But yeah, I mean, I see the compa- I, I, you know it's an easy and lazy comparison, but I see Joey Bosa when I look at Nick Bosa. Um, yeah, it's the same type of player. It it, it just is. Um, I don't know. Uh, most overrated player in the draft is Greedy Williams, though. So. <laughs> Really don't like Greedy Williams. So uh, <laughs> I actually just refreshed the uh, live chat. It wasn't working for some reason. But one of the other questions I have, um, any info about the full schedule, release date, first opponent, etc. And I wanted to say that the schedule will probably come out, if not on the 18th, around the 18th. Um, same time it did last year, about a week before the draft. And uh, first opponent, I haven't heard anything leak as to anything like that, I think the only guaranteed opponent that we, or the only ter- never mind, the only guaranteed game we have right now is the one in uh, in London against Carolina. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man, you know, the schedule should be coming out soon. And and you don't even know what week that is. You just you just know the location and stuff. Uh, but, it's uh, it's happening. Don't know when, but it'll be yeah. here. Yeah, it's schedule coming out sooner rather than later. It's uh, likely. <laughs> Thursday the 18th. It's not official. Um, the NFL normally puts out like a thing and they make like a big like schedule release show. Um, but yeah, I haven't heard any leaks. Um, so, with, I, I mean, you know, Bucks started on the road last year. Um, I think they'll start at home. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe start in London. I'm just kidding. They, they, they'll, they'll, they'll never put a week one game in London because every, everybody plays week one. Everybody plays week one and two, I believe. And then week three is on the buy start. Either week three or week four. Yeah. So everybody plays in week one and two. Um, so hoping that the best case scenario, and also, guys, a little before we head out, uh, a little note. Whenever that London game is, the bye week is going to be the next week because the NFL has the team tr- go out early to London, like Wednesday or so, for a Sunday game play the Sunday game, and then they're not going to have the team come back to Tampa and try to work up a game plan for the other team. So that'll be the bye week. So if they play in London week seven, week eight is going to be the bye week. I don't know seven, but whenever that is, the next week is the bye week. 
So we just got to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, full schedule should be coming out, like I said before, sometime around the 18th. And uh, before we start getting out of here, as you said, I got a couple more things I wanted to bring up. I'm sure one of them, you're going to have a very strong opinion about it. Our buddy Trey in the live chat says Magic and Four. Magic and Four. Magic and Four. Okay. Oh, they won by three. Relax. So we won't talk about the <laughs> we won't talk about the well, NBA. Um, one more thing I did want to comment on as we record this and as we are live on YouTube, the Lightning are in a series with the Columbus Blue Jackets. They are down. <laughs> they are down two zero after playing two games at home. Uh, first game, you went up three to zero at the end of the first period, and then you just get dumped on for the rest of the game. Four to three, the final score in that one. And then they played Friday night. They didn't even show up to that one. I think five to one was the final score on that. I mean, dude, I was working that game. My job is to leave at puck drop. By the time I had my things packed up and ready to go, they were down two to zero. So I don't know what's going on. I'm sure it's just a simple case of overlooking your opponent, but they've got two games in Columbus. They got to figure it out. And uh, playoff hockey is something very, very exciting, and I think we've seen crazier things happen. I'm not saying they're going to win four straight, but I think we'll see them win in the series. Uh, You know, I I think, yeah, I'm thinking Lightning in seven. Um, Yeah, I don't think the Lightning are going to win four straight. Um, Columbus is not working. Yeah, Columbus. Yeah, Columbus is. Job of playing the trap and. Tampa, I mean, Stamkos, nothing. Point, nothing. Hedman, nothing. Kucherov, nothing. Kucherov out next game. Hedman, thank Vasilevsky's been bad. It's just, yeah. um, Columbus is playing like a team, and Tampa's playing like like an all-star team. I always remember the Miracle movie. All-star teams fail because they rely solely on on their own talent. And um, like I was telling you, in the playoffs, you got to be mentally tough. And Lightning have shown... Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.